Welcome to BizBody. I'm your host, Keith, and today we're talking about common misunderstood concepts in recovery, and you could call it um, in longevity, right? So there are a lot of people that are going to be coming to you because of how they feel, um, and they want to feel better, they want to look better, they want to perform better, and these are six really misunderstood concepts and sometimes they're misunderstood by um, by biasing as practitioners because as a strength and conditioning coach and a massage therapist um, some of these really popped up for me and would bias how I would look at at a human at a body instead of at, in this holistic and redu- reductionistic view where I could zoom in and and scope back out like um, have a satellite view and then have a microscopic view of what was what was happening. So number one, when somebody comes in having a local pain, that it equals a local problem or a local solution. And that was highlighted by exerciseproed.com for the muscle system specialist group. And what what that refers to is that, okay, if you have a pain, like say, uh, say you have a cut on your arm. And you have pain on the cut because you can see the cut and you feel the cut, so you put a Band-Aid on it. Well, that's not always the case. That's not always what's happening. So it's like, say, um, somebody had an amputation and they have a pain in the arm that does not exist. There's no local problem because there's no local material. There's nothing there. You can't do anything about or you can do something about it, but you can't do anything to an object that does not have matter, right? So that that's a big problem. And there's moments where um, helping that phantom, quote unquote, phantom limb pain can be changed with how you perceive a limb that does not exist with mirror boxes and or uh, relieving an itch because the itch had been rewired to a different part of the body. Normally that is part of the face in some research um, from V.S. Ramachanan, who was a former, um, I don't think he's still at University of Madison. I'm not sure if he's still alive, to be honest. Well, that's my bad for not looking that up before I started recording. So um, number two, once the pain is gone, the problem is gone. And that's not always the case either. It's like, what What if you, think about this, like say you tore an ACL, if you had surgery on it, is it really ever fixed? If you sprain an ankle and all of a sudden the pain is gone, do you still have the same mobility, range, integrity of all those ligaments that have been torn in that ankle? And has that affected everything else that you use your foot for? Um, there's some really cool evidence that talks about uh, head, eye, and hand linkages. So as far as um, EMG studies show that if you're going to grasp something or you have the intent to grasp something, that they all pretty much fire simultaneously, which is pretty pretty remarkable. So if there's a hand problem, it could be linked to neck and eye function. Or vice versa. Uh, There's also some research out there that shows that if you had a whiplash at one point in time, that the deep cervical uh, extensors and the medial to the to the spine and cervical spine atrophy pretty severely. So, you know, once something has happened, it makes sense to know the history of someone so you can 
then see how maybe the tissues have remodeled with if you have some radiology reports and or you have surgical notes of what had happened what somebody had done how they affected the tissues if something was cut or something was attached or something was drilled into you know that maybe there's some control issues that could be leading to a bigger a bigger problem which changes the sensation because remember the body is a system, and because it's a system, any parts can affect the whole, especially when the information routes through um, through maps of the through the spinal cord and maps of the brain and the homunculus. It says this is exactly where I need to feel something, and now here is what I'm experiencing for my level of agency and how I feel. So that that's really really important. So once the pain is gone, the problem isn't necessarily gone. And that's also why pain can bounce all over the place. Um, pain can also be um, through the ideas of um, um, local energy systems, which is the next, uh, the next idea. It was local energy systems and total body energy systems uh, matter into producing different chemicals. So if you're energy system, the body has three separate energy systems, you know, the creatine phosphate, the glycolytic system, and then beta oxidation and, and or electron transport chain. So you're, you're using these three subsort, uh, three, three different energy systems um, at, with different time intervals, right? For, so for zero to like 10 seconds is supposedly creatine phosphate from like 11 seconds to about a minute and a half. And that's debatable is, is like all the way up to like maybe two to five minutes in some studies shows heavily glycolytic style stuff where you know still primarily outside of the mitochondria for energy systems and then you have um above a minute and a half to two minutes in 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 perpetuity for uh, until you you exhaust energy stores from your mitochondria but that's happening from every single cell that's that's working in an area or your entire or the entire organism, the entire body. So if one area lacks energy production of, of certain substrates, that can affect chemical composition. And we all know that, that chemical composition locally or in pockets, summated, can add to a pain response. Because usually pain is also the, the ability of the a pain response can be linked to the ability of the brain to be able to predict the future of being okay. And if it's not okay, either chemically, um, physically, in the time and space, or emotionally, it's it's going to it's going to result in a pain response. So that can all affect a person's level of well-being or agency. Uh, another one is all body tissues take the same amount of time to heal, and that they all can heal. And that is just not true. Different tissues, I don't know if you ever heard of like non-union fractures. Well, some people think, well, you know, a fracture takes X amount of time to heal. Sometimes the bone never attaches to the other side of the bone and you need surgical intervention to do that. Or you need plates and screws or you need other types of, uh, other types of anchors to help with the joint. Do you think like teeth just readily come back when they're knocked out? Or that if you if you need an amputation that you just grow an arm back, like what happens to discs over time? Well, it's it's interesting that you know spinal herniations can actually get better over time, but you never really recover um, the nucleus pulposus, the the gel inside of the um, inside of the disc, 
to then help give it more space. But then the annulus can get rehydrated to a certain point with the right type of exercise and movement and the right type of hydration and nutrition and sleep. So all those things can change over time, but they're not all the same. That's why knowing exactly how these tissues may heal and may not heal over time can also help with understanding what uh, interventions to do as a, as a coach and also what type of um, team members to, to have on your team if you're looking for help on the medical side and on the non-medical side. Another thing was if there was trauma years ago, what does that have to do with my problem now? If everything is connected, think about it, just like we talked about before. If the pain is gone, the problem is gone, same type of idea that the trauma happened years ago, having it documented and have an idea of what had happened years ago and how it can affect how you move and the conditions of the materials and how it affects your sensation, how that all happens is paramount because it can it can lead to so many other connections and so many opportunities to help somebody feel better that's not just squatting and not just lunging and not just running, but very detailed exercise or challenges that relates to how that person feels because they uncover different information about how long something can go, like the endurance qualities, the isometric maximums, um, you, you know, the ranges of motion comparatively while they're in a specific orientation. Like what orientation are they in? Are they seated? Are they standing? Are they are on one leg and they in a split position? Are they in a squatting position, kneeling down? Are they, on, are they prone, supine? Like what are the orientations that relates to how they feel? And lastly, autopilot. When a person's on autopilot, when you're working with them and they're just kind of going with whatever you say, that can be very, very dangerous because overall it's like, well, you told me to do this. So I did it and, and all, of, all of what had happened is now on you. Well, that, that just seems like, will you ever know exactly what somebody is going through and what somebody's feeling, what, what someone's sensing at one point in time? It's impossible. It will never happen. You can't just plug a cord into someone else's brain and feel what they feel. It will never happen. You can ask them and you can ask them repeatedly specific questions about like what their experience is while they're going through something. And that's way different if you're doing a maximal lift, right? I get that, but it's not that difficult. If you let somebody go through a set and you ask them like, hey, what did you experience? Was that okay? Where'd you feel that in your body? What was, what was working really hard? Did you have any discomfort? What felt okay? How fatigued were you? Would you like a heavier weight? And then if somebody makes connections towards feeling in other parts of their body or they did a single leg or single arm thing, it's like it, and they do the other side and it's way different, you can ask them like, well, which side is normal? How long does it take for it to recover? Um, to be able to produce any force? Can you perturb it and see how long it takes for that sucker to actually recover in that same range of motion at, at various degrees of flexion, extension, rotation, whatever, right? Perturb it at, at, at a 90-degree lever towards the axis of rotation in the same orientation that you were in. All those six ideas, local pain, local problem, local solution, uh, number two, once the pain is gone, the problem's gone. Number three, 
all the body tissues take the same amount of time to heal because they don't. Um, if the, number four, if the trauma was years ago, what does it have to do with my problem now? Again, everything is connected and um, the, the body is one big flow of information and chemicals. So yes, everything does come back as it holds on to that information and uses it in order to make the best future possible for the individual. Number five, there's a such thing as local energy systems, not just total body energy systems that could be playing into how somebody feels and how somebody moves and how somebody endures. Uh, number six, autopilot. So making sure that you're working together and you're asking really solid questions, you're taking really good data so that you have awesome baselines and you can make um, interventions or take away interventions based upon the good data that you have and the questions that help you corroborate that data into making better choices. So I hope those six pieces help you. Common misunderstandings um, of concepts in recovery for you and your clients. I know this is a little bit more in depth. Um, I, I didn't go into the weeds too far with this. And um, V.S. Ramachandran, wherever you are out there, I'm sorry if you're you're alive. Uh, so, but uh, I love your book, Phantoms, Phantoms in the Brain. So awesome book. Check that out if you if you want to learn about uh, Phantom Limb. And one of his greatest quotes is, uh, "We are the Phantom." So it's. You know, it's like the phantom never existed. We are the phantom because like, there's no such thing as phantom pain. We have maps in our body of, of what we believe is okay, accurate, and representations. And when those maps are supposedly smudged, we have problems. So with, with what we believe is uh, our reality versus what the maps tell us um, is okay and not okay. So if this helped you, please share it. Um, I, know that I know a lot of other people could really use it. Um, it helped me out a ton with my practice. So um, thank you all for listening. Uh, I appreciate it so much, and I'll catch you next time.